Let us be attentive. Their voice has gone out into all the earth. The heavens declare the glory of God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. As for the man who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not for disputes over opinions. One believes he may eat anything, while the weak man eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who abstains, and let not him who abstains pass judgment on him who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for God is able to make him stand. Peace be with you, the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us just as they were delivered to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you most excellent Theophilus that you may know the truth concerning the things of which you have been informed. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. 
Now while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, it fell to him by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he shall drink no wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things come to pass, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zacharias, and they wondered at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he made signs to them and remained dumb. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she hid herself, saying, Thus the Lord has done to me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among men. Now the time came for Elizabeth to be delivered, and she gave birth to a son, and her neighbors and kinsfolk heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have named him Zacharias after his father. But his mother said, Not so, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your kindred is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he would have called him. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all marveled. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? 
for the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the same way that divine reality is revealed to us in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so too the philosopher Plato teaches us, virtue comes in a triad the good, the true, and the beautiful. And just as the divine reality of the Holy Trinity is a unity of love, an interpenetration of one with the other, so too this triad of virtues, the good, the true, and the beautiful, are intertwined. can't have one without the others. But again, just as among the trinity of divinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that is often either overlooked or misunderstood, so too among the triad of virtues, the one that is least understood and least examined the virtue of beauty. At least in the world that we're living in, beauty has kind of fallen by the wayside as a virtue. That's not a mistake that our church ever makes. It's no accident that the, one of the premier books of our spiritual life is called the Philokalia, the love of kalos. Kalos means not only the good, but the beautiful, the well-ordered. And when we 
pray the liturgy, we ask God to sanctify those who love the beauty of his house, efprepia, its fittingness, its orderliness, its harmony, its parts forming a unity and a whole. This is fundamental to our church, although it doesn't seem to be getting much attention in our world, this virtue of beauty. You can't have the good or the true without the beautiful. And that's because beauty is what it takes to elevate our senses from the earthly and the mundane to the divine and the holy. All our senses are caught up in sensible reality, earthly, mundane reality. And we need beauty to elevate them. That's why we should be especially grateful when we enter our church. Because this entire sanctuary is dedicated to the beauty of God's house. Every sense is elevated. The sight through the beautiful icons, even the robes of the priest. Our hearing is elevated through the chanting of hymns, well prepared and rehearsed and taken from the hymn book of the Bible itself, the Psalms. Even our smell, the incense, we touch, and we behold, and we say, taste and see that the Lord is good. What a blessing it is to have this reserve of the beautiful to elevate our senses to the divine. But since beauty is such a wonderful virtue, how has it fallen out of appreciation? Well, I think the answer is simple. It's because ugly is easier. When we live in a world of instant gratification, the only way we can be gratified instantly is through the easiness ugliness, because one of the hallmarks of beauty is that it must be cultivated. That's why we call courses in art, art appreciation, or courses in music, music appreciation. This beauty has to be cultivated. It can't be obtained instantly. We need to take the time 
We need to calm the mind to appreciate the elevation that is beauty. I'm always amazed whenever I hear a piece of classical music on NPR to hear what the announcers have to say about the music I just heard. They hear so much more than I do. And if I were to ask Vesmina or Mark why that is, I'm sure they would tell me because they've cultivated an appreciation for that music. Go and do the same. Likewise, and more importantly even than the appreciation of earthly beauty, comes the appreciation of divine beauty. We have all the means available to us. And believe me, look around you, that's a privilege and a blessing. But it's a means to an end, and we have to cultivate that end. Because... Without beauty, we can't know the good or the true. And it might be the case that the reason we have so much lying today and so much immorality today is because we have so much ugliness today. We have become so anesthetized by the ugliness around us that we can no longer see the good or the true. If I were to ask you the greatest speech that was ever given by an American politician, you're likely to say the Gettysburg Address by Abraham Lincoln. But do you know Abraham Lincoln grew up immersed in the King James Bible and the works of Shakespeare? What are we immersed in? And yet we want our politicians to speak like Abraham Lincoln? This is folly. This is a total misunderstanding of how the good and the true and the beautiful work hand in glove and how they all elevate us means to the end to contemplate the good and the true and the beautiful of our triune God. Let's be thankful this day that we have such a befitting, such a beautiful place to meet our beautiful God in worship. We're very privileged, and we need to take advantage of that blessing to elevate our senses when we leave our sanctuary and go out into such a misbegotten world and try to elevate ourselves and those around us to the good, the true, and the beautiful, which reveal the majesty, the holiness, and the glory of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Amen.